Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
me in now. Well, welcome to our Monday night broadcast of Prayer International Radio. I'm your co-host, Sean Holmberg. We'll be joined later on tonight by Christopher Herzog. Our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, um, please give us a call. So, um, tonight we're going to be continuing on our um, study of the teachings of Jesus. But before we even get into that, um, we should pray. Um, Father, Lord, we establish tonight that your word has precedence and priority in our life, Lord. Father, we establish tonight, Lord, that you have complete and total control over this broadcast over the next two hours, Jesus, that your name may be exalted and magnified and glorified from every corner of the earth. Lord, that you would reach out and touch every person listening, Father, whether they know you or not, Jesus. Father, if they don't know you, that you would reveal yourself to them, Lord, in a new and a living way, Father, that you would change their hearts and turn their hearts towards you, Father, as you would for any lost sheep of yours, Lord. Jesus, for anybody out there who does know you, Father, I pray that you would draw them even closer into your presence, Father, that you would open their spiritual eyes, Father, open their spiritual ears, Lord, to hear your voice more clearly. Father, that they can have discernment to understand the leading of the Holy Spirit in their lives, that they can um, fully submit themselves to you, follow you, Lord, that you would begin for all of us, Lord, to reveal to us a walk of faith, Lord, with our trust being completely and totally upon you and your word, Lord, and that your word, Father, would become established in our life, that we would be rooted and grounded in your word, Father, and your truth, Lord. Father, um, your word declares that when the disciples went out preaching the gospel of the kingdom, that the Holy Spirit was confirming the word with signs and wonders. So, Jesus, we ask that you would confirm your word through the power of the Holy Spirit alone. Among anybody who's listening, Father, anybody who needs who needs healing for any sickness, any infirmity, any disease, Father, any affliction, Lord, any torment, that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, they would have complete and total healing. They would be loosed right now in the name of Jesus. Every Every person who needs to be healed, we speak healing over their bodies, their spirit, their souls, their bodies, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So, um, this week we decided to, um, well, um, me and the Holy Spirit, um, he pretty much suggested it, and I'm just like following up with it, um, to go through the teachings of Jesus, um, go back to some basics. Um, but, you know, um, anything we read in the scripture points us to the Lord Jesus. Um, the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It also says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, so depending on how you take it, Jesus being the Word of God, coming from the heart of God, 
declares the love of God. And, you know, Jesus said, um, you search the scriptures. Um, I think this is, um, where is it? It's in John um, chapter 5. 39, it says, You search the scriptures for in them, you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. And what Jesus meant by that is um, the Word of God is only as good as you allow it to have access into your heart and allow it to reveal the Lord Jesus Christ to you. For from beginning of the Bible to the end, from the Torah all the way to Revelation, reveals the express mystery of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, of the manif of the magnified um, purpose that the Lord had in Him before the foundation of the earth, when He set a plan in motion for Him to be crucified for the sins of the world, that we would have salvation and eternal life through His blood alone. Um, through the grace that comes through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And everything in the Word should reveal Him to us. And and through the Holy Spirit, we obtain revelation to the heart of God. For the Bible says that no one knows the heart of the Father and the mind of the Father except for the Spirit of the Father, which is in Him, which is the Holy Spirit whom Jesus said He would send to us. Um, the same Holy Spirit the Bible declares is our guarantee, the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, which is our salvation of our souls. Um, and it says we were sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of promise. And so Jesus said the Holy Spirit would take of what is mine and declare it unto you and would bring to our remembrance everything he said. And so, you know, even with the words of Jesus, sometimes we need the Holy Spirit to give us revelation. A lot of times Jesus would speak to disciples and to the Pharisees, and he would speak in parables, and they couldn't understand it because their ears were spiritually discerned. For the Bible says that um, the Spirit of God um, and the things of God can't be comprehended by the world because they're not in the Spirit. Their minds are not set on the things of the Spirit, but on the things of the world. And just like salvation, their foolishness to them. Um, they couldn't understand or comprehend the Spirit of God and even the love of God without the revelation of the Holy Spirit in their hearts. And so Jesus said a lot of things to the Pharisees that they didn't quite understand, and he took a lot of their laws and their scriptures, and he spelled them out for them in a way that was different than what they expected because it wasn't coming from human knowledge, but it was coming from godly authority. Not from someone who had just read the word, but from someone who was the word. From someone who had directly been with the Father. You know, Jesus said, no one has seen God at any time, except for the Son who came from the Father. And so, he, above all, knew the will of the Father, and declared it unto us. And so, um, we left off... Um, last night um, in Matthew 5, and we were just beginning Matthew 6. And it says, um, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men, that you may be seen them by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. 
Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. And your Father, who sees you in secret, will himself reward you openly. And, you know, while this talks about giving, um, there's a lot that goes into giving because, you know, giving is, and being a giver, um, is not an action, um, as you would normally imagine an action to be. Um, in similar ways, when Jesus said that those who worship the Father must worship him in spirit and truth. And he said, for God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And what Jesus, and something that Jesus was establishing is not that worship is an action, but that worship is a part of who you are, that you become a worshiper, the very nature of God that we inherit and that we become, because the Bible says old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. We were considered buried um, and dead to sin and alive to God, living a new life in the spirit um, where it says, um, there is therefore no, no condemnation to those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the life, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. And we talked about last night how the fruits of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, righteousness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, um, are fruits that are grown. They're not given like the spiritual gifts, like prophecy and tongues and miracles. Um, but there are things that are grown in your life. They're cultivated in your spirit, in your character, in who you are. Um, they become part of your very nature as a child of God through your relationship with God, through the leading of the Holy Spirit who works these things in you. And, um, you know, giving is the same way. People who come to the Lord almost immediately become givers um, because it becomes part of their nature. They take up the part of their nature that makes them givers. And I'm not referring to giving as in um, every time there's a ministry, you need to give to it. Um, or and it's not a, necessarily about tithing or offering or anything else. I mean, those things may have their purpose. Um, but what I'm talking about is not just the action, but the heart. Because um, everything Jesus said, like we discussed last night, wasn't so much about actions that you can, that you do on the outside, but they were about um, actions, or they were about a change on the inside. Um, one of the examples we used last night where Jesus said, um, you've heard it was said of old um, that you shall not murder, but I say to you, whoever even um, is angry at his brother without a reason has already committed sin. Um, it said that you couldn't commit adultery, but Jesus said if you even look at a woman to lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart. And so Jesus was establishing that what's, what's the most important is not necessarily the outside actions, but the inside heart, because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak, and whatever you speak are the actions that you'll follow. Um, and the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so if you begin with your heart, which is what God's, God says, that he looks at the heart of men, um, your actions will immediately follow the leading of your heart. And so when you become a giver, Jesus was saying it's not something that you do just so you can get praise. It's not something that you do so a million people will know that you did it and that you have a good feeling. But it should be part of who you are. It should be something that's between you and the Lord, that the Lord leads you 
to be a giver, to give to someone, whether it's a homeless person on the street or it's a person in front of you at a grocery store or it's a person who's next door who you've never met and the Holy Spirit leads you that you just need to walk over there and give them 20 bucks. Whatever the situation is, um, the Bible says we should be givers um, and not be and not grudgingly give, for the Lord loves a showful giver. Um, but it's part of our very lifestyle to give away everything we have because everything that we have doesn't belong to us. It belongs to him, and we're merely stewards of the things that God's given us. And so um, verse 5, he goes into prayer, and he says, And when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the street, and they that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father, who is in the secret place, and your Father, who sees you in the secret, will reward you openly. Now, Jesus, he actually establishes a couple different things here. Um, the first off, if you're going to pray and there's no meaning behind it, there's no honesty and integrity, there's no sincerity behind your prayers, and you're just spouting off prayers just to say them, then there's really no reason for it. You're just pretty much wasting your breath and wasting time. Um, because this is the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. And, you know, prayer should be something between you and the Lord. And there's times for corporate prayer where we pray together as a group. But that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about people who stand up on the street corner to declare something just so they can get the attention of the world and they could identify that they were something. But we know that our identity rests not in who we claim we are, but who Jesus has declared that we are through his blood. Jesus himself said, um, if I glorify myself, then it's nothing. But the Father glorifies him, and he glorifies us. Um, and, then he, and then when he says that when you pray, go into your room, and you have shut your door, pray to the Father who is in the secret place. Well, the secret place is the holy place, which the Bible says um, we have access by into this grace in which we stand. And it says, come boldly to the throne of grace in which we are accepted in a time of need. And what it means is, is um, Jesus is starting to establish the principle of intimacy in the church, that we have full and free access through his the veil that he has become, through his blood, we have access to the Father, to a one-on-one -on -one communion with the Father. And if we're going to be praying and interceding, and then we need to be doing it in front of him, standing in the gap on behalf of the nations. The Bible says um, in Habakkuk, it says, I will stand my watch and wait to hear what the Lord says to me. And it says in Amos, the Lord does nothing unless he first reveals it to his servants, the prophets. And those are the ones who are out on the street corner praying as loud as they can or whatever just so people they can get the attention because our attention and the bible declares that we don't please men we're not here to please the world we're here to please god for god chose us out of the world and we're not part of the world and the world's going to hate us no matter what because it hated him before us and so then he says in verse seven and when you pray do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do for they think that they will be heard for their many words Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Which is true. Um, this is why Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. 
Because our sole purpose, our sole goal, our first intention, our first thought should be on our relationship with the Father, on the righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, knowing our place in Him through Jesus, and having our life conveyed in such a way that um, emanate and glorify the Lord Jesus in our actions, and knowing that the our knowing not only our identity in Him, but knowing that part of our identity is being loved by the Father. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we are called children of God. It says in Ephesians that we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. And it says in Ephesians, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation in the world, that we should be holy and without being before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Christ Jesus to himself. And if we understand that we're children of God, then... You know, it goes back to the story of the prodigal son, where one son left and finally comes back, and um, and the father rejoices over the one that was lost that returns. But the one, the son who had always been there, um, starts getting sort of upset because he's like, "Well, you know what? I've never left you, and I've never um, taken your money and like wasted it, and you've never killed a fatty calf for me, and you've never thrown peace for me." And the father says to me, "says Everything I have is already yours." And what we need to understand as children of God is that when the Bible says that we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, it means the authority of Christ Jesus through the blood, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, when he was exalted to the right hand of God and given the name that is above every name, the authority that he has has been placed upon us as a mantle since we have been called ambassadors to to Christ, um, reconciling the world unto him. And so we need to understand our our authority. We need to understand our identity. We under, need to understand that we're loved by the Father. We don't need to worry and fret and try to figure everything out um, and get all frustrated because we don't have the answers or because we need something that we don't have because it's not up to us to provide for our own salvation. And part of our identity is knowing that our Father is a provider and will provide everything that we possibly need. Um, David said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor has he begging for bread. And Jesus later said, you know, if the Father will feed the sparrows of the field and the birds, how much more value are you? And, and so when Jesus goes in the prayer, he says, in this manner, therefore pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, number one, establish who he is. Because everything begins and ends with him. The Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Holy is your name. You always start after acknowledging him with worshiping him as who he is. Your will be done. And you know, that those three um, sentences right there were the exact thing that Paul prayed when he was converted, when his when he was Saul on the Damascus Road and he was converted, um, the first thing he said was, this light shone down, knocked him from his horse, and he looked up and he's seeing the Lord Jesus there. And the first thing he said is, who are you? 
And Jesus said, it is, I'm Jesus who you've been persecuting. And the only thing that Paul said after that was, what do you want me to do? And so after we come to the Father, worshiping him, establishing his authority, his um, sovereignty, his royalty, his majesty, then we ask for his will to be done in everything. Jesus said that he didn't come to do his own will, but to serve the will of the Father. On earth as it is in heaven, um, which Jesus said, um, if I cast a demon out of you, then the Spirit of God has come upon you. And then he went out preaching the gospel of the kingdom, declaring that the kingdom of God is at hand, which means the dominion of the king's domain has come to the earth. The authority of the risen, the risen Savior has come to the earth to remove the domain and the authority of the enemy and to take it away from him. He, Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave, received the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and declared that he has the authority. And our only job is to walk out in that authority, declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Give us just what we need, just like the Egyptians went through. Learning to trust the Father for what we need for the day that we're living not expecting him to give us too much, not expecting that he's not going to give us enough, but trusting him for every minute of every day that he's going to be our provider, that he's going to take care of us, that he knows what we need at any moment in time, and that he loves us enough that he'll take care of us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and amen. Everything starts with praise and worship. Everything ends with praise and worship. Because when we know who he is and we stand in the place of worship before the Father, there's no enemy that can stand against us. And then Jesus goes on to talk about forgiveness where he says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You know, a lot of times we as Christians go about holding um, bitterness and unforgiveness in our heart, feeling that we're wronged by everybody in the world because we didn't get something we wanted or someone said something bad to us or Someone offended us in some way. And, you know, Jesus said, you know, um, to be plainly, um, we're screwed up just like everybody else. Um, the Bible says all of sin and come and fallen short the glory of God. Um, the Bible also said a righteous man will fall seven times and get back up. Jesus said if anyone sins, he is an advocate with Jesus Christ the righteous. Which means, you know, as many times, Jesus said, well, someone, one of the um, Pharisees said, well, how many times shall I forgive my brother in a day? And Jesus said 70 times 7, or as many as you want the Father to forgive you, which is if we are declaring that we are submitting ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, taking the character of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's forgiven us of every one of our sins, cast as far as the east is from the west, declared that we're righteous and holy and perfect in the eyes of the Father, then we too, in the same manner, with the same love which the Father has bestowed upon us, should love everyone else enough to forgive them and not hold anything against them. Regardless of what it is, who cares? 
you know, um, someone wrongs you, it doesn't matter. Jesus said, um, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And he said, um, verse 16, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who is in secret will reward you openly. You know, once again, Jesus is saying, you know, this is about intimacy. This is about a real relationship with the Father. We're not doing this. We're not walking this walk. We're not living this life just so the world will appreciate us and think that we're great and give us praise. Because none of the praise, none of the glory, none of the honor belongs to us, and it never will. It belongs to the one who is the Son of God, the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world, the one whom the angels in a multitude of multitudes will cry, Holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is to, is to come. And all the praise and all the glory and all the honor belong to him and him alone. And his is the only name that should be exalted in this earth. And no one has any business trying to exalt their own name or their own anything. Because it's not about us. It's about him. Um, I read a book that was called... Um, Wild, no, I think it was called um, The Purpose-Filled Life. And the first sentence in the book said, it's not about you. And I don't know if I read the rest of the book, but I read the first sentence, and I like that. Because it's true, we get caught up in ourselves, um, believing that everything that happens is about us and about our our lives, when there's millions and millions of people in this world who don't know the Lord Jesus. And it's not about us. It's about them. It's not about our lives. It's about and our will. It's about serving the will of the Father. The Bible says that we were bought with a price and we're not our own. That we're no longer slaves to sin, but slaves to righteousness. And that the Father has... Anyway, I'll let him tell you, tell you himself. We're going to take a minute go send some worship. We will be back in just a minute. Um, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. And we'll be right back. I hear the voice. It's the voice of the one I love. He's calling my name. I hear you calling me, Jesus. I hear the voice. The voice of the one I love. He's calling my name. Can you hear him calling you? Saying, come up higher, hear the angels sing, yeah. Come up higher, my beloved. Come up higher, 
Give the Lord praise tonight. Welcome back to the program. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for something, um, give us a call. So, um, you know, it's interesting. I was watching this guy on TV, um, and I'm usually wary of um, people on TV preaching the gospel or anything else because you never know their motivations. And Something the Lord said was, he said, what do you think about this man? And um, and I was hesitant to say anything because I really don't know. And the Lord said that the man has served the Lord's purpose. And, um, and that anything else is between him and the Lord. And, you know, the interesting thing about that is it's true. Um he said that David, King David was a man after his own heart, and the Bible says that the Lord judges our hearts. Um, you know, in verse 
19 of Matthew 6, it says, Do not lay up for your treasure, yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And I've heard a lot of um, people, um, preachers and everything else, use the scripture to talk about finances and where you should be giving. And, you know, the verse is sort of all-encompassing. Um, and so much as I could say that um, when it comes to giving, um, it's not just about your finances. It's about your time. It's about your energy. It's about everything. Because um, Jesus didn't hold anything back, and neither should we. Everything we have um, should be for the glory of the Father. Um, for his will to be done in this earth. Um, but, you know, when it says, talks about laying up for yourself treasures in heaven and where your where your, your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Well, the real question is, where is your treasure? What is your treasure? What do you consider the treasure of your life? What is the goal? What is the focus? What is the aim? What is the highest um, amplification of your joy in life? Is it finances, is it money, um, or is it him? You know, David said that you have become my exceeding great reward. He said, one thing I have desired, and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Moses stood on the mountain before God and said, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way so I may know you. Paul said, talked about leaving everything he, he had behind and pressing on that he may lay hold of that for which the Lord Jesus also laid hold of us. And, you know, the real reward, the real treasure, the real everything is him. It's the moment we stand before him and he says, enter in, into the joy of your Lord, good and faithful servant. It's where we stand before him and he doesn't say, depart from me, for I never knew you. Um, and, you know, we talk about being ministers of reconciliation and reconciling the world unto God. But the question is, are we reconciling the world to God just so they can get into, get through some theoretical gates? Or are we reconciling the world to God so they can have a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords so they can know their creator they can know the God that loved them enough to send his own son to die for them and to die for their sins and he is our reward um, it's not it, I mean salvation has something to do with it and we've been granted the gift of eternal life through him but it's not even about the eternal life it's about him alone. Um, it reminds me of a movie called First Night where um, King King um, Arthur was about to marry Guinevere and um, he was giving her a chance to back out and he was like, because her, I guess her, in the movie her city was besieged by some enemies and he's like, you know what, I'll protect you and your city no matter what, you don't have to marry me. And the only thing he said to her was he said, you know what, she said, I want to marry you, not your crown, not your kingdom, just you. 
And you know, all the advantages, all the benefits, all the blessings that we have through the Lord Jesus Christ and everything are great. The eternal life is great. But nothing compares to knowing him, to having face-to-face contact with him, to having a relationship with him and intimacy with him where you can declare, like Jesus said, that you're an actual friend of God, that he is your friend, that you are in covenant with the Most High. And there's nothing on earth that compares to that. It's the only treasure there really is, is our relationship with him. And so if our aim and our goal is that, and if our aim and our goal, our pursuit, our walk and everything And at the end of, you know, Paul said we run the race with endurance. um, And you run the race as someone who wants to win it. If the prize at the end of that marathon and that race is him, then that's all that matters. Because it's the only thing of significance and of value in this world. It isn't the money or the finances or anything else. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the prize, and the ability to stand before God himself, being clothed in white, being declared the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus, being having the Father declare, after silencing the mouth of the accuser, that we are accepted into the kingdom of heaven, that we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple of the Lord, that we are being built together for a dwelling place of God and the Spirit, he said in the Old Testament, What house will you build me since my hands have created any, everything? But yet now he desires to rest among his people. He said in those days, I will write my laws on their hearts, and I shall be their God, and they shall be my people. And he said that we are living epistles written not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, the hearts. You know, the same God who wrote our name on the our names on the palm of his hands, always holding us in remembrance, but not holding our sin or equating our sin to us, because he has removed it far from us, having destroyed it on the cross, having destroyed the penalty for our sin upon the cross. And declaring that we have open access, as it says in Romans, come boldly to the throne of grace in which you are accepted in a time of need. There's no longer can I come near to God. There's no longer someone else needs to do it for me. Now it's you can go near to God. You can go into his presence. You can walk into the holiest of holies, pass the veil and stand before the King of kings and Lord of lords, having your sins washed away, being white as snow, being able to know that you have a relationship with him, that you know him, that he knows you. 
And that's the purpose of everything. That's the treasure of everything. It's the joy of everything. The Bible says in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy. It's the only word in the Bible that it talks about the fullness of joy, which comes in the presence of God. And so we make that our goal. We make that our aim. And everything else is an outpouring of that. You know, um, the Bible says that he is divine and we are the branches. And the fruit that grows off of us comes from the life that is in him. And, you know, everything else that happens, our, everything that happens in this world and the fruit that comes from our life comes not just because of us, but it comes through the life that we have through him and we become receptacles, um, if that's the right word. We, I mean, we literally become vessels that his light can shine through, that his love can shine to and produce fruit into the world that the world may taste and see that the Lord is good. Cities are set on a hill that cannot be hidden, that illuminate the presence and the glory of Jesus Christ himself. Not about us. Always about him. Every minute, every day, every breath, for the glory of God for our King, for our Lord, for our Savior. Anyway, this is Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything tonight, please give us a call. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a minute.
Well, praise God, we're back. And my name is Chris Herzog. This is Prayer International Radio. Calling number is 619-638-8458. Looks like we've got a few people listening in by phone and a handful of people in the chat room. So praise the Lord. If uh, you want to send in your prayer request by email, we're at prayerinternational at gmail.com. Or you can reach us by website at www.prayerinternational.org. We actually have a uh, prayer request page uh, down at the bottom of our homepage. So feel free to put in your prayer request, and different people will lift you up, intercede for you. So praise God. Let's go before the Lord. Just ask him to bless the second half of the broadcast. Father, we just give you praise. We just give you glory. We just give you honor. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the blood of Jesus that is speaking today. The blood of Jesus Christ will never lose its power. We declare tonight that that blood has the same power to save the same power to deliver, the same power to heal and set free. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Father, we thank you for everything that you're doing. Father, most of all, Lord, we thank you for who you are. So, Father, we just give you all the glory, Lord, we thank you that you're pouring out your spirit all over the earth, like the waters cover the sea. You're pouring out your glory, Father God, to the four corners of the earth. Lord, you said that not only would your glory fill the earth, but your knowledge would fill the earth, that men and women everywhere would praise the Lord, that the mountains would bow down, trees would clap their hands, the hills would melt at your presence. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you're an awesome God, that you're almighty, that you are our refuge. We can run to you. You're an ever-present help in time of need. Father, we thank you that no weapon formed or fashioned against your people is going to prosper. It will not stand. Every tongue that rises against your people will be condemned. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that greater is the Holy Spirit within us than he that is within the world. Thank you, Father. We just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to go into a time of praise, and we're going to get into the Word of God tonight. I have a couple things in my heart. And so we're going to get into some worship and just set the atmosphere. Hallelujah.
All right, praise God, we're back. This is Prayer International Radio. Just want to lift up a few prayer requests. Uh, we had one come in. Uh, get into this. Uh, praise God. So it looks like we had a prayer request come in. I uh, need to pray. Uh, someone's asking for prayer to be accepted to the University of Maryland College Park for the fall of 2011 transfer admission. Pray for me to be accepted into the journalism program, the University of Maryland College. I want to receive good news in a miracle. All right, so Helen uh, from Landon, Maryland. All right. Also, we've got prayer requests uh, for Alaska. We've got a junior high, senior high camp going on right now, and they need prayer just to have a move of the Spirit of God and that their lives would be touched and transformed. And so our cousin Terry in Alaska for her children out there, she wants prayer for her daughters to be touched by the Spirit of God and for the juniors and the seniors. So, praise God. Well, Father, right now, Lord, we just pray for Helen. Father, we just lift up prayer for her. We pray, Lord God, your will be done, your kingdom come, that you would give her favor. The Lord God, you said you would put some down and raise up others. Father, if you're calling her, to the university there in Maryland. Father, we just pray right now in Jesus' name. Father, that you would just give her favor. And Lord, we just give you praise, Father. We just thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. Father, right now we just ask, Lord God, that you would make a way for her, that, Lord God, you would open up a door, that you would give her a leading by your Spirit, If this is the place for her, you would show Helen, Lord God, by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, right now we just pray for this youth camp. Father God, that you would pour out your spirit over Alaska. Father, pour out your spirit over the youth. Lord God, those that are seeking your face, those that are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Father, what you're doing in these youth camps, Father. And we lift up Terry and her children right now, Father. We ask, Father, for a move of God in her home, a move of God in her daughter's life, in her life, Father. The Lord God, you would shake that area for your gospel, for your kingdom, that you would transform that place with your glory, Father. And, Lord, we thank you right now for those that are listening, Father. We thank you for Brother Joe, Lord, listening. Father in Tennessee, Lord, we just thank you, Father God, that you'd pour out your spirit over Brother Joe tonight. Lord God, bless him in his body, bless him in his mind, bless him in his spirit. Lord, we just pray for Anthony tonight. Father God, we just ask you, Lord God, bless him in his endeavors with his job. Father, give him favor that, Lord God, you would just bring increase and promotion into his life, that you would raise him up into the things of God, not just a promotion in his job, 
but a promotion in your kingdom, Father, a promotion in your spirit that you'd raise him up to a place of leadership where his giftings can be used, Father. We just thank you, Lord God, for those that are in the chat room tonight, Father, that you would move in a mighty way, Lord. We just give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Father, right now we just pray, Lord, for Spirit Baby 785. Seasons changing. We just speak a blessing over them and those that are listening by phone, those that are listening live or archived. Father, we just ask for your kingdom come and your will be done. Just as it is in heaven, Father, that, Lord, you would provide daily bread for every person listening, Lord, spiritual bread, natural bread. Father God, you would forgive them. You would let them walk in forgiveness, let them walk in the right attitude. Father, that if they have any thoughts or divisions, Lord, work a unity, work a peace, work in their relationships, work in their lives. Father God, you would work in us as Christians, Lord, the spirit of forgiveness. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. You're moving mightily by your spirit. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise, Lord. We give you all the glory and the honor and the praise, Lord. Because you're worthy. You're worthy. Now, Father, we just ask right now for anyone that's sick in their bodies, Father, you would touch by the power of your Holy Spirit. That you would move in a mighty way. By the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord God, we just ask, Father, that you would make whole. Lord, where the doctors have given negative reports, we just declare your report. Father, where the world and man's wisdom can't take care of the situation or the crisis, We thank you, Father, that your wisdom and your ways are higher than man's ways. And, Father, we just ask, Lord, touch people in their bodies. Touch people in their minds. Make them whole. Bring peace into their lives. Cause their souls to prosper. And let them prosper and be in good health, even as their souls prosper. Now, Father, we just give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, praise God. So if you're just tuning in, this is Prayer International Radio. Call in number 619-638-8458. Just doing some teaching tonight, some worshiping. Sean was sharing his heart out of Matthew again tonight. And I think we're going to get into what I'd like to do um, is get into just some of the foundational scriptures of Christianity and just see where the Lord goes with that. So praise the Lord. We're going to actually read some scripture for a little while, then we're going to take a praise break after we read this chapter. 
And then we'll see what's going on in the chat room and the screening room. Praise God. All right, so let's do this. Let's start off. Foundational scripture of Christianity. Let's talk about the love of God. Romans 8. And we'll actually, I'm going to get into about 31 of these uh, chapters. We'll probably line them out. Right now we're going to get into the love of God, which is Romans 8. We'll probably repeat this before the year is up. Verse 1 says, There is therefore no condemnation for them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You know, it's funny how a lot of times we stop on the first part of that verse. We say there's no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus, and this is true. But let's look at what it says. Who walks not after the flesh, but after the Spirit? For the law of the Spirit is life in Christ. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Okay, so if you're walking after the flesh, well, there's condemnation for that. But if you're walking in the Spirit, there's no condemnation. Do you see? Verse 3, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. See, when Jesus took those stripes, he condemned sin in the flesh. When Jesus took that crown of thorns, when Jesus was nailed to that cross, when he was laid in the tomb, when he was whipped, listen, every part of that was so that he could take on sin. Just like that Passover lamb how the priest would lay his hand on the Passover lamb and the sin of Israel would be transferred to the Passover lamb, to the scapegoat, so to speak. Jesus was that Passover lamb. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, to walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, if we're walking in the Spirit, the righteousness is fulfilled in us. Verse 5, for they that are of the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. See, the carnal mind is enmity with God, the carnal mind is against God, the carnal mind brings death. But God says if you're spiritually minded, it's life and peace. If you're spiritually minded, what happens? God's pleased. 
there's peace. See, he who keeps his mind on me, God says, I will keep him in perfect peace. Seven, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. There it is. But you are not in the flesh. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Do what? I praise God. Sorry, we're having some technical difficulties there. Um, Just to let you guys know, and we'll pick this back up, if you're uh, losing sound, it may be on our end, but if it's on your end, you may need to refresh your player. A lot of times that happens, so just be patient. It may be us. We're having some issues with the switchboard at times, um, but we're in Romans chapter 8. We'll go ahead and pick it up with verse 9. Continue. It says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you, now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwelleth in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. See, God will quicken your spirit. God will quicken your body. God will cook in your mind if you allow him to rule and reign in your life. If you'll follow his ways, his ways will benefit you not only mentally, not only physically, not only spiritually, but in every way possible. He says if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, think about that, if the same spirit the raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. That's what he says. Jesus said you did greater works after he's gone. Interesting. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, you shall die. But if through the Spirit you mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. See, God says, look, you're not in bondage anymore. 
but he's adopted you. He's translated you out of darkness into the kingdom of light. And now you can cry out the Father. See, you're sons of God. You're not just servants. You're sons. You're children. Verse 16, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. See, if you're a child of the Most High God, you'll know it. Because your spirit will bear witness with the Holy Spirit. And if children, then heirs, and if heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. And if so be that we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us for the earnest expectation of the creature. For the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to the vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who is subjected the same in hope. And we're about halfway there. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. We know that the whole creation groans and travails and pain together until now. See, the whole earth is groaning and waiting and travail, interceding. Even the earth in its natural state is groaning. Do you want to know why there's earthquakes and tsunamis and volcanoes and all these things happening? Because, see, the more the flesh, the more death takes place, but the more the spirit all of a sudden there's going to be a yearning in the earth. The more that the glory of God covers the earth, there's going to be a yearning. The earth and everything in it will begin to cry out for the living God. Because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. For we know that the whole creation, verse 22, groaneth and travaileth and came together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope. Hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? You see, you haven't seen heaven unless God has translated you or given you a vision. But see, there's something about hoping and waiting. There's something about having patience and waiting. Verse 26, here's the Holy Spirit. Likewise, the Spirit himself helpeth our infirmities. We know not what we should pray for as we ought. See, when you don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit will help you pray. The Spirit itself makes intercessions with groanings which cannot be uttered. So you'll have internal utterances. You may have external utterances. You may groan and, and declare things. And when you don't know how to pray, you just begin to pray in your heavenly language. You just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints. According to the will of God, see, the Holy Spirit searches the hearts. The Holy Spirit, he knows what the mind of the Spirit is. 
because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. See, when you're praying in your heavenly language, when you're allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through you, when you're waiting on God to prophetically pray through you, you're praying the will of God. You're praying according to the will of God. When you pray the scripture, you pray according to the will of God. Verse 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For him he did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed into his image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. For whom he knew he did foreknow, and he predestinated foreknowledge. That just means God knew from the beginning. It's not a it's not a tricky thing or some elaborate thing. Look, God foreknew you. He knew you before you were born. He knew you before the earth was created. He had a plan and a purpose, and he knew all about it before you ever were. That's what that means. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, see, he called you before. Whoever he predestinated, he called, and who he called, he justified, and who he justified, he glorified. So you might have been predestinated. God declared you'd be his, and then he began to call you. He called you. He drew you by his spirit. He called you out of darkness into his light, and then he justified you by his blood and by the Holy Spirit of God, and he declared you were a child of God, and he made you a joint heir with Christ, and he adopted you into the brethren. See, you were called. You were predestinated. You were called. You were justified. And then glorified, glorified when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the glory of God invades your life and you begin to operate in a different realm, a different kingdom. You begin to operate in a different way. See, the kingdom of God is not man's wisdom. It's the kingdom of God's power and demonstration. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died, yet rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? See, he is the one. Christ is the one that's at the right hand of God. Christ is the one that's risen again. Christ is the one that makes intercession for us. Christ is the one that justifies us. And who shall separate you from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? No. Shall distress? No. Persecution? No. Famine? No. Nakedness or pale or sword? No. For it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Again, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, 
which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That was Romans 8, 1 through 39. Romans 8, 1 through 39. And that's the love of God. That's talking about the love of God. So we're going to take a quick praise break and check out the chat room and see what's going on, and then we'll be right back.
Lord, we say, how lovely is your dwelling place. Lord, we say, how lovely in your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty, for my soul longs and even faints for you, faints for you, O God, for here Weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.